It's the Alien Conspiracy Podcast. We are your hosts, Agent Anderson and... Agent ETA. Come with us as we go through the slideshow. This is our second episode in the slideshow. Come along with us as we experience... Uh, oh, edit. Slideshow? <laughs> experience slideshows? Yeah. We're going to experience right. the slideshow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we did... This is part two of... The slideshow called The Art of Deception, Training for a New Generation of Online Covert Operations. If you haven't heard part one, you may want to go listen to it, because this part probably won't make a whole lot of sense without... But basically what we're doing is we're looking at a slideshow from the Edward Snowden Leaks. We are starting on slide 17 this week, and we're just going to jump right into it. No introduction or whatever, because we did that last week. All right, here we go. You ready? Heck yeah. All right, so this first slide that we're starting on right here at the top, um, and like we said, it's slide 17. At the top, it says dissimulation <laughs> dash hide the real, and it has six pictures of it. Um, it has a, a caption uh, above or below each picture on the top three. It has it above. The top left one, is a, it says masking. It has a big black and white picture of a... Uh, uh, a uh, parking lot it has a bunch of old cars. It looks like this was taken out. I'm guessing in the forties or something like that. It looks like world war two era type of uh, cars. And it has a, a bunch of netting above it. Like um, it's uh, covering from, you know, for the air, you know, for, uh, for planes and stuff. Um, the second one right here is a uh, repackaging. Uh, that's the one in the middle on the top. And it looks like it has a tank um, with like a clamshell type covering that they're they're It looks like they're putting together, I think. And that looks like a, um, I'm not sure what type of tank that is, but that looks around like World War II era also. All these uh, pictures, like, uh, they, they have common themes. They're all either, you know, something um, that's being used to mask or disguise or repackage, make you think that whatever you're looking at is not what you're looking at, you know. And um, if you're right up on most of these things, obviously you're going to know, you know, if you're standing right next to a tank with a, a cover over it, well, you're going to be like, hey, well, that's a tank. But from a distance, you know, but that's, that's what it's designed to do. There's another one... Um, on the top right here, it says Dazzling. And uh, it's a picture of a big ship. Um, has a bunch of different uh, uh, rectangles and stuff uh, painted all over it. I think this paint was uh, made to um, confuse radar, I think. I'm pretty sure. It, it, do you know what the about that, Agent Anderson? No. It, so the paint looks, it kind of looks like a zebra to me. But yeah, like sideways. it's interesting because... The paint is so unusual and bizarre looking, but at the same time, uh, it's dazzling in the sense that if you saw that, it's so out of place that it sort of, it sort of, sort of blends in. It's hard to describe, but if you mm -hmm. look at this picture, it doesn't look like a ship. It just looks like a weird, big giant zebra thing. Like it, it's so unusual that it's sort of, it's distracting. And it, mm -hmm. it sort of makes you want to look somewhere else, I guess. It's weird. It's hard to describe the way this looks. But yeah. I think what they're doing is making something so far out of place that it's sort of your mind doesn't – it doesn't fit into your mind and you just don't even register it, I guess, is mm -hmm. how I – I don't know. It, well, it's, it's also really there weird. to dazzle and confuse, I think, as well, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so, maybe that's not a ship at all. Maybe it's just like a building and it's supposed to be a ship and they are drawing your attention to it. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. So actually, so the next picture, the one on the bottom left here, it's a picture of a praying mantis. I know I've seen this type of praying mantis before. I'm not an ins, ins, uh, insect uh, aficionado, so I don't know the name of this species. But 
um, this praying mantis is is purple mostly in this picture at least. I'm sure different ones are different colors, but it looks very uh, violet and it's close to the same color as uh, the flowers that it's, it's hanging out next to. So obviously a praying mantis is a a, a predatory insect. Um, it's very legendary for its hunting capabilities, you know. But it looks like a flower here, so it's you know it's typically a, the hunting tactics from what I understand this thing uses is it lies in wait. It's an ambush predator, you know. So I kind of find that very interesting that that's that's put in there. Um, the word under it, uh, the caption under it, it says mimicking. So obviously for for that praying mantis, it's mimicking a flower, and then it's uh, waiting to ambush you. You know, I think that's a kind of telling. <laughs> it makes you worry a little bit too. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so so the the next picture to the right of that on the bottom it says inventing. It has a picture of an anti-air gun installation. Looks like from World War II, and it has like some leaves and branches over and stuff. Not very much. Um, a little bit over the barrels and stuff. Probably just to break up the lines of the barrels, so it's not so obvious uh, from the air from reconnaissance that those are barrels. I would imagine. Um, to, to be honest, I'm not quite sure what to make of that one because it says it says inventing under it, and then has the anti-air. I mean, currently right now, looking at it from our perspective, this is a very old picture. I'm wondering. I'm wondering what they're referencing in this inventing. You, you have any? Yeah, it it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. This is this is the the uh, I don't know the weakest link, the redheaded stepchild of the bunch. Mm -hmm. It's clearly not camouflaged. the The colors don't even match the like the. It's in a field that's like a dry brush, like a light brown, and the mm -hmm. gun is dark green, and the leaves are also dark green. They don't match the gun. And the leaves are, they're smaller than the gun. They're just kind of like strapped on there. Like it's not hiding anything. It's just, it's very obvious there's a gun there. I'm not really sure. Uh, maybe it's just an example of trying to camouflage something. I don't know, but. Well, and it this, could, it could yeah. also be something. Cause I, I know that like, uh, you know, there's a lot of different um, theories and uh, yeah, hypotheses about, you know, what, what the elites, the people at the top pulling the spring, the strings or what have you, you know, it's said that sometimes they'll put things wide out in the open. You have no reference, you know, point to, you know, view this from. So you don't know what the hell you're looking at, really. You don't know what it really means, but it was out there wide out in the open. You know what I mean? Like it's like a clue or something like that, you know? I mean, there's a thousand different things we can reference, but, you know, I mean, obviously the one that comes to my to my head is uh, like 9-11, all, all the different, uh, you know, media that that referenced 9-11 before it happened like i know that there was a uh, uh what wasn't there an x-files episode where they were talking about a plane uh running into the uh world trade center or something like that no that was the spinoff series the lone gunman the first episode of that was. series somebody hijacked a plane and tried to crash it into the twin towers mm -hmm. this is before 9-11 Hmm, kind of weird, right? Mm -hmm. But in the episode, they actually prevent the attack, so the plane doesn't actually crash into the twin towers. Mm -hmm. And the for me, the most important thing that this this uh, well, we're going on a nine eleven tangent now, I guess. <laughs> but here we go. <laughs> one one thing they said is that well, there's no way we could have possibly predicted a plane crashing into here. Nobody would have thought of that. Yeah. Well, except for pretty much everybody who had already thought of it, which is this is just one of many examples, yeah. but. People had thought of this, and there's even a specific example in a TV show where this was a plot in a TV show. So clearly, this was not out of the realm of possibility, and people had occurred had occurred to people in the past. Yeah, yeah. but that uh, that's neither not that's neither uh, here nor there. I, I suppose you could say. I know. Now I want to start talking about the uh, the plot to uh, fly a plane into the uh, Empire State Building during I, I think I believe it was Ken uh, Kennedy's administration. I think the CIA had a. Uh, 
wanted to do like a black flag event to bring the public into into a war with Cuba, basically in Russia. Yeah, we got to do an episode on on false flag attacks because people think it's make believe and that it never happens, but that's real, and we have done them in the past. So that I think that's something that'd be good to cover. Oh yeah, but I digress though. We should probably get back on topic. <laughs> yes, this <laughs> is this is a long slideshow, and and this may end up becoming becoming a three parter. We'll see, but. All right, so let's get to the last picture here on this slide. Um, it has a picture of a salamander, I believe. Um, under it, it says decoying. So it has a picture of the salamander. Um, it's sitting on like a log, and um, it has its uh, tail disconnected. Now, a lot of people know that the many different lizard species um, are able to disconnect their tail, and their tail will be sitting there flopping around as a decoy, basically, for the predator while they can hopefully get away. And that's the... From what I understand, that's the um, what they're what they're doing there. But uh, that, that's pretty. It's pretty interesting because you know it's kind of like one of those uh, going back to the magicians. You know what I mean? That we talked about in the last episode. Uh, it's kind of like you know look over here while you know my other you know look at my right hand while my left hand's doing something you know that you're not seeing. You know, yeah, picking your pocket or something. And this isn't that interesting in the context of let's say military conflicts. Yeah, of course, camouflage has been around forever. Mm -hmm. You know, netting to mask a parking lot. That's not no big whoop camouflage. Who cares? But when you look at this through the lens of online operations or the internet, how does this translate to the internet? You know, all masking, repackaging, dazzling, mimicking, inventing, and decoying that, that puts a little bit different spin on it. You know, we're not just putting camouflage on a gun or we're not just changing colors as a praying mantis. You know, if you look at it this way, so the praying mantis, for example, changing its colors, obviously that could be translated into the, the operative who, um, whatever the top, the topic is irrelevant. They're going to change their opinion based on the needs of what they're trying to achieve. I guess you could, you know, each one of these pictures could be interpreted that way. And, uh, oh yeah, not op also, they're not operatives. What, what are we talking about here? They're building cyber magicians. Magicians. Not yeah. <laughs> Got to get with the program here. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, operatives, magicians. I mean, I mean, it's uh, how many different labels you, know, you could, there's all sorts of labels you could put on them, you know? Yeah. Who knows? They might, they might not even call themselves that, but hey, maybe they do. I don't know. Uh, who knows? Well, if, if I was working for the government, you'd be like, all right, do you want to be a, uh, pencil pusher? Senior pencil pusher? No, I want to be. I'm going to be a cyber magician. That's my job title. <laughs> yeah. What do you do for a I living? Mean, oh, I'm a yeah. <laughs> cyber magician. It's no big deal. Like, I can't. I can't tell you because I'd have to kill you. But if I did tell you, it'd be cyber magician. And now I'm going to have to kill you. <laughs> Better hope, run. I'll give you give you ten second head start. I hope it was worth it for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's get along to side slide side slide 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 number eighteen. All right. So this one is a little flow chart. And it's titled The Psychological Building Blocks of Deception. And we start here at the left with a little blue globe, uh, planet Earth. And there's an arrow pointing up to a box. In the box, it says, attention. And that has an arrow pointing to the right to another box that says perception. And then to another box, sense making, which, okay, this is where it gets interesting. Sense making has an arrow pointing to the right, down, and up. Down, there's a box that says affect. To the right is a box that says behavior. And up is an arrow that goes back to the original box attention. So it loops around. And above that arrow, it says expectancies. So we have a little flow chart here, which I can only assume is 
basically how to manipulate people because that's what we're talking about. So first you have to get their attention, then you have to alter their perception, and then you do something called sense-making, which um, I'm assuming that's manipulating their perception and getting them to believe what you're trying to, whatever it is you're trying to achieve, getting them to believe something that will help you achieve those ends. And then it flows to either affect, behavior, or expectancy. So behavior would be obviously you're getting a you're achieving your goal. Affect would be that um, not not effect with an e, but affect with an a. So that those are two different things. Let me pull up those definitions here because they're they're often confused, and I want to make sure I don't confuse them myself. Versus affect, because as much as I try not to be a dummy, sometimes I am. So let's just uh, all right for dictionary.com. Let's see what they have to say about it. Affect or effect. Oh, God, it's pulling up a video. All right, it's not playing. Oh, it might be playing. All right, you know, oh, fuck you. I don't want your video. All right, let's try another one. God damn it. If I wanted a video, I would have clicked on a video. All right, here we go. Merriamwebster.com. Maybe they don't have a video. Here we go. Affect and effect can both take the form of a noun or a verb, but most often you will want to use affect as a verb, meaning to produce a material influence upon or alteration in and effect as a noun meaning a change that results when something is done or happens. Usually something affects something to produce an effect. And I'm overpronouncing these obviously just so it's obvious what I'm saying. So let's go over that again. What they're talking about is affect, A-F-F-E-C-T. And that means to produce a material influence upon or alteration in. So back to the slide Either you're altering their behavior or affect. You're all altering their beliefs, perhaps. And then the expectancies, it goes up and back to attention. I don't know really what they're getting at with expectancies there. All right, ETA, what do you make of this slide? I'm really not quite sure what to make of it to me. Uh, it seems to me like a, like, all right, so the sense-making box is kind of like that pivot point. Um, you know, you get their attention, you, uh, you, move, you move on to perception. Um, perception, maybe you need to um, figure out what, what perception is this person or this group of people that I'm trying to affect, you know. Um, not affect, but affect. <laughs> but, um, you know, <laughs> from, from there, then you can go on to sense making and, and you know, you're going to have making sense of their perception is going to, you know, decide what, what, course of action you're going to take, how, how are you going to make this uh, group of people or this person react the way that you want to, you know what I mean? Which is one of the things that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the, the hard line, you know, uh, I, you know, theories or ideas, whatever in this, you know? Um, so, so uh, the expectancies, geez, I'm really not sure. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it's, I think there, there's a, a lot more digging down, I think I would need to do into the, into the subject to create some really mm -hmm. uh, some some better perse uh, pers perspective on the matter. Really, because there's 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 so much to to look at in, in these slides. There's so many different things to think about. Um, man, if you don't have a really good base level of knowledge, I mean, there's plenty of stuff that just goes over my head. You know what I mean? Like, I man, I'm trying. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, but it's let's uh, all right, let's run. Let's do a thought experiment here. Let's run through this flow chart. Now, I want our viewers or viewers, I want our listeners to keep in mind, we're not, I'm not intending this as a political discussion. This is a thought experiment. So let's start with the world. We're trying to get the world's attention. Let's pick a, a, a topic that I've seen in the news. 
So we're going to put something on a forum. We're going to put an article in the news, whatever it is, about Joe Biden being senile. All right. Now, it doesn't matter whether or not we believe he's senile. We're trying to manipulate other people. Okay, so this is a story that we're we're all aware of. This is in the news. I'm sure we all have seen this. So that's that's how we get people to bite. Now, to get people to bite, we're not going to do a story that says, well, you know, the doctor says that this is a sign or that's a sign. That's not going to get people's attention. How you get their attention is you have to use like a polemical argument. So it do, it's not going to be reasonable. It's not going to be a discussion. You're either going to have an article saying he's not senile at all. And the people who say he is, they're making stuff up. Or you're going to put out an article saying, yeah, this guy is batshit senile and he should not be running for president because that's going to get people's attention, right? Now, once you reel in their attention, the article can have a certain slant to it and it can work both ways because you you could say it's going to, you could feed something to the conservatives and to the liberals in the same article to get them both to go in a certain direction, depending on the slant of the article, where it's coming out on, obviously like CNN is going to be different than Fox news or whatever, but that, that can be the perception. And also like in the comments section, if you go down to read the comments, you can have your operatives making comments down there to further feed people in the direction you want them to go. And let's say your goal is to get people to fight against each other. That's not that hard to do. All you have to do is just have a bunch of sock puppets fighting with each other. And even if people don't come on and comment and they just read those comments, they're going to kind of kind of caught up in the discussion and they're going to become emotionally involved in whatever their personal belief is. And again, I'm not saying that I'm going one way or another on this article. It's just an example. So sense making the next step could be to, um, to try to, and one of the comments could have, you know, something that sounds like an authoritative like evidence. Okay. So this is, these are the signs of being senile and he's definitely showing the signs. And then somebody else could come along and refute that with another piece of evidence with, you know, seeming like an authority figure and they know what they're talking about. And it doesn't matter what the actual evidence, because the reader will choose whichever one they believe to be true. So the actual evidence is irrelevant, right? So now from there, you either get a change in behavior or you get the desired behavior. You get the affect you want or expectancies goes back to attention. That's the one piece of this puzzle that I'm not quite sure on. Uh, if you if you have any ideas what that might mean, hit us up on Twitter at AlienConPod or AlienConPod at ProtonMail.com. I would like to know what you guys think about this because I'm not quite sure about that particular. Why would that lead back to attention? I don't know. But that's when I'm looking at this flowchart, that's just kind of like what I'm thinking, how they would manipulate using an actual news article. You know, they, they, they're playing both sides. They, they're not invested in one side or the other. They're using a topic to manipulate people in the direction they want them to go. And the, the, I guess the scariest thing of all about this slide show is that we don't know what that is. We don't know what they're trying to achieve. It, that, it, it says how they're trying to achieve it. It doesn't say what they're trying to achieve. And that's kind of mm-hmm. creepy if you think about it. Well, that's, a, that's actually a good segue into the next uh, slide there because a how of achieving influence is a uh, yeah, – there's a lot of stuff on this next slide that you could definitely use to achieve influence. That's for damn sure. That's what this next slide is all about. So slide number 19. So number 19, okay, uh, if you're looking at the slide, it has a bunch of elongated ovals, basically, and they're all overlapping. Um, they're, they're all going to be like uh, services like Facebook, LinkedIn, and obviously these are both uh, 
um, listed there. That's why I'm mentioning them. But also, it mentions uh, blogging, web pages, news media, Twitter, emails, SMS, um, IM slash IRC, and then phone call. Um, the biggest bubble by by far is emails, and that's like it's almost like hidden behind everything in the back, but it's overlapping over the majority of, of the rest of those uh, those uh, things mentioned there. Um, but all of these these services, emails, blogging, Facebook, I mean, everything here is, in my opinion, easily, especially news media, easily yeah, hijacked, I guess you could say, or easily, you know, you could easily put out misinformation on all of these platforms, you know. Um, I actually yeah. kind of uh, find it funny that phone calls is, is probably the, the smallest bubble there, or oval, and it's at the bottom left there. Um yeah, it's it's uh, well. Nobody calls anymore. Everybody uh, texts. Nobody calls. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true enough. I, I actually would would be kind of interested to see how much more. Cause I remember hearing about that, like when when cell phones uh, first started getting like popular and stuff, or text messaging start, uh, first started getting popular. You know, people were saying, "Oh, you know, phone calls are going to be a thing of the past one day." You know, and obviously people still call use the phone a lot, but you know, to call. But text messages, uh, at least for me, it's it's more common than than a voice call nowadays. You know. At one time in my life, I would have never thought yeah. that, that would have been the, that would have been the case, you know. But I mean, news media like that—that's the one that pops out the most for me because, in my personal opinion, especially nowadays, like news media, it doesn't matter which which way you lean politically or whatever. It's, in my opinion, that big dog pony show, especially in this country, the United States, is is there to mislead, to distract, and and you know. You know, it's like that whole magician thing. It's it's another another magician thing. You know, it's it's there to distract you from what's really going on, and it's also you know there's also a lot of systems in place. I think within media, um, to make you less informed, to make you not, you know, wonder, to make you not interested. You know, what I mean, there's so many different distractions, so many shiny things to look at. You know, whether you're watching a a, a show on YouTube or a show on HBO or something, you know, it's still or sports for that matter as well. You know, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm you know, there's sports that I'm a big fan of, but uh, boy, is it quite the distraction if you're trying to become well-informed about, you know, politics, what, what's really going on in the world today. You know what I mean? I mean, if, uh, if you're, if you're a diehard, let's just say a diehard fan of any football team or um, any soccer team, you know what I mean? Um, you're going to be spending a lot of your energy you know, investing a lot of your energy on, on that sport. It's very likely. It's not very likely that you're going to know a whole lot about the Federal Reserve, I, I would imagine. You know what I mean? Right. So, I mean... The- yeah, this... So, this slide is really interesting. So, on the left-hand side, we have T for time, and at the bottom, it says oh. now, soon, and forever, right? Yeah, and I guess that probably would have been important the- to mention, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all right. And at the bottom... Uh, so, at the left... We're talking about a graph, right? So uh, the y-axis would be time. That would be now, soon, and forever. And the x-axis would be personal, community of interest, and global. So that's going to be spheres of influence from small to large. And the time is going to be, you know, starting from now going on to forever. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting the way that they, they put this. So personal is SMS, and that goes from now to forever. Whereas Mm -hmm. phone voice is personal going on to community of interest, but it's only on the now. It doesn't go up to soon or forever. Whereas Facebook is in the realm of soon, but not now. It's kind of weird. 
and yeah, email yeah. is in the realm of forever and soon, but not now. It's just mm-hmm. kind of strange the way they've arranged things on this page. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, like logically speaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I say if you have some interesting takeaways from this, it's the things on here. So, for example, SMS, so text messages. If it's on here, that means they are using that to manipulate people. Yeah. So who are they texting and how are they texting them to manipulate them? Are is So, for example, all these bots texting us advertisements that are supposedly from China is that really us just trying to get us irked that people in China are messing with us to kind of make us mad at China and it's actually mm-hmm. coming from our own government somehow? Or like, what, uh, what does that mean? Like who's texting who? I don't know. It's very interesting. Or are they just texting very important people? Like we talked about oh. last time that, that blue guy in that slide, they only have to text that one influential person person. Yeah. And then that person, it flows to everybody else. I don't know. It's mm-hmm. kind of interesting to think about, but it, the, well, the, the position the, doesn't make sense on here. That that one and uh, on the far right news media are the only two that I see on this graph that that um, span the whole up to down uh, spectrum there from now to soon to forever. So I mean, it's uh, right. You know, it's what are they? What exactly? Why is Twitter I mean, between now and soon? Yeah, I'm not quite sure. But well, Twitter's Twitter. It, the influences of Twitter is a very uh, fast burn. You know what I mean? Pe- people yeah. are influenced by things that happen, things that are trending on Twitter and stuff. Um, and, and it's over real fast. You know what I mean? It's, it, there's a lot of flashes in the pan. You know what I mean? As, as far as what people are interested on Twitter, uh, interested in on Twitter, on Twitter. Okay. Sorry, tw- Twitter is a hard word for me sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> the people are listening to be like, what? What dude? Twitter? That's a, that's a hard one for you. Huh? All right then, man. I can tell. <laughs> it's it's that it's that application on your phone which i don't by the way i don't know when programs became application i missed that mo i, I missed that memo but all right whatever <laughs> i'm mm-hmm. old so who cares all right let's let's uh move on to the next slide here uh slide number 20 so this one it says attention management and it just has two pictures on the left it has a moth that is camouflaged in some bark and on the right it has it's, it looks like it's kind of deserty and there's a building that's kind of camouflaged into the desert. And this one's pretty straightforward. I think it's just talking about, you know, camouflage. And I think the point here is getting people to direct their attention where you want them to and hiding things that you don't want them to direct their attention to. I mean, it's pretty, pretty straightforward takeaway, I guess, as far as I can tell, what do you think ETA? Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, it's, it's just not a whole lot to uh, break down here. I don't think. I'm, well, you can go on. You can always go on a wild tangent, but yeah, I would, yeah. I would, I would agree with that that exact uh, explanation right there. Yeah, I mean, you, yeah, you could, you could obviously break this down. Like, why would they use a moth, for example? Is there something, spe- some specific meaning to moths? Like that, that experiment that um, proved natural selection with the moths in the forest with the soot on the trees and all. It, I don't know. You could go all day on just this stuff, but let's skip ahead to the next one, which. This is, <laughs> I like this next slide here. Slide number 21. Why don't you start off, start us off on this one, ETA? Yeah, so this is a, it looks like an old painting. Uh, um, I'm guessing it's some sometime during like the medieval medieval era. And it looks like like a street magician uh, is being depicted uh, putting on a show for a crowd. And uh, there's a, a fellow bending over, looking real close at what the magician, magician is doing, you know, slide of hand. Um, you can see that the magician's holding something in his hand. It looks like it's a, some kind of a variant of the three cups routine. I, I'm thinking that he's doing. 
That's um, exactly what it looks like. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so behind the table on the ground, you can see like a, I'm not sure if that's a mouse or a, a, a little, a small dog or something, but he has a basket on his hip with a, a, a owl poking its head out. He has That's a, my favorite part, by the way, is that little owl. So cute. Look at that thing. <laughs> oh, I want your, one. Where's your bougie owl? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um, he has his hand slightly behind the basket that the owl is in, and it seems like he's holding something in his hand, but you can only kind of see the edge of it poking out a little bit. I mean, you can't tell what it is. Not I can't, at least. And he's holding the ball in his hand. Um, he has a very uh, tall hat on. I'm assuming he's hiding the rabbit in there, you know. But... um. Yeah, it's it's a a, a depiction of a, a medieval street magician. You know, I think it's a pretty good one too. Yeah, and there, there's a couple of really fun details. For example, you see the guy at the very left. He's looks like he's got like a little thing on his nose. Oh yeah, yeah. Like it's like I guess everybody everybody smelled like shit back then. I mean, if you watch Monty Python, you'll know that. Yeah. And then <laughs> it looks like he's stealing that guy's purse, right? Oh, so he is. Yes, he's looking this, up. This could be the misdirection here. So this this guy's doing a uh, three cup show, and people are expecting that that's where they're going to be deceived. But in reality, wow. that's just a distraction for this other guy to be able to come up behind him and steal his purse. So that this is the kind of stuff they're talking about uh, that we're trying to, you know, highlight in this whole slideshow is that mm-hmm. the whole idea is that whatever you think they're trying to do, that's not what they're trying to do. That's just the distraction, and it, it's. I think this is perfectly illustrates the methods that they're using. And it also illustrates that these sorts of techniques have been around for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then that, what, what about that little kid right there? He looks kind of looks like a little devil or something. Like he's like in a red, little red dress looking thing. I like mean, a, uh, he looks like he's in on it. I'm not sure what he's holding in his hands there, but he's uh, he's obviously paying attention to the guy that's being distracted and robbed. You know, I think it's a pitchfork. That's what I think. <laughs> is that what it is? I don't know. It could be. Uh, it, almost, it almost looks like one of those like cement mixers that you put on the end of a uh, drill and, and you know mix up small batches yeah. like in a five gallon bucket or something. <laughs> yeah, he definitely looks like he's up to something though, for sure. Yeah, sneaky little <laughs> right. bastard. Let's let's move on to the. Oh yeah, this is this is a good one. The next one, uh, slide number twenty two. We're on. This is another another slide. This is one of those pictures where it looks like two different things at once, depending on how you want to look at it, and it looks like a duck. To me, right? This is a famous picture. I've seen it before. I th- I'm pretty sure that's what we're talking about here, but I I can only see the duck though. Can you see the second image there, ETA? Nah, I I only see the duck to be quite honest. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm I was going back and forth here trying to focus in on different parts of it, but I only see the duck. It, maybe that's not what it is, but I'm pretty sure that's what it is. But I can only see the duck. Let's. These images always look a little goofy. Like it looks like a duck, but it's a little bit off, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. I guess if hey, if you guys know what this one is, then go ahead and hit us up. But I I'm pretty sure it's one of those images that looks it's two. You know what I'm talking about, right? It's two different things at once, mm-hmm. and yeah. it's just another another example of misdirection or deception, I guess, because you have something that looks like a duck, but it's not a duck. It's actually really something else. Mm-hmm. But uh, I wish I knew what that was right now, but uh, I can't tell. Anyways, let's move on to the next one. All right, slide 23. All right, so this next slide is um, you know, observation of human behavior, basically. So it says expectancies at the top, and it has two little little uh, brief notations there. It says the first one, we look where we expect something interesting to happen. Oh, and by the way, to the bottom right of these uh, um, 
it has a picture of uh, in black and white. Well, just black outline, I guess, of um, somebody about to dive. Looks like a little girl, possibly, to, uh, about to dive off of like a high board, high dive board. Um, yeah. So and it has a, a person down below looking up at that person, you know, confirming basically the first thing I just read there. We look where we expect something interesting to happen. And so uh, the, the second little uh, bullet note there also, it says, we are biased to see, hear, smell, feel, taste what we strongly expect to see, hear, fell, uh, feel, smell, and taste. And um, I, I've experienced this just in regular life before, you know, like it, it's, um, it's funny how like sometimes you think you know how your own voice sounds and then you hear yourself on recording and you're like, wait, what? I sound like that? Oh, man. You know, it's, it's, I mean, that's probably the simplest, uh, you know, thing to, to say about that right there. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's a very simple experience, but yeah, I think, uh, to me, that was the first thing I thought of. What about you? Yeah. Yeah. And this, this, I think ties directly into the previous picture with, with a three cups game in that Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we, you know, we look where we expect something interesting to happen, the three cups game or a child jumping off of the high dive into, into a swimming pool. And that's where you're going to look. Meanwhile, something else, what they're, so if they, if the swimming pool was the operation here, they would put somebody up there to jump off the high dive to draw your attention there. Meanwhile, whatever it is they're trying to do, that's, you know, the shenanigans, they're going to be going on somewhere else in the pool. It's not going to be in the deep end. Maybe it's going to be in the shallow end. Maybe that's where they're murdering somebody or something, but nobody's looking over there. They're all looking at somebody jumping off the high dive. That's kind yeah. of what it, you know, and, and it's, this is really interesting that they point out we are biased to see here, see what we strongly expect to see hear, feel, smell, taste or whatever. And I think that's 100% true. We have certain expectations. You know, if, if we bite into an apple, we expect it to taste like an apple, Oh yeah. you know, and I, this is, I don't want to go into the psychology of this too much, mostly because I don't really know that much about it, but I think this is a real thing. And I think we definitely, we all do this. You know, if we look up in the sky and there's clouds, we expect it to rain sometimes, you know, and then we might even, if you've ever gone outside and you're like, did it just rain on me? I'm not quite sure. Was that a little drop of water or am I imagining it? You know, cause mm-hmm. we expect it to rain if it's cloudy. So we, it's, it's a really weird psychological trick, but yeah, I, I guess that's pretty much all there is to that slide. Um, all right, now here we go. Here we go. Slide number 24. All right. This this is a good one. It's titled Gambits for Deception. And we got, uh, oh boy, we got rows of boxes, okay? And they're different colors. We got green, red, blue, purple, and orange boxes. And each row has a label. It's attention, perception, sense-making, affect, and behavior. Oh, wait, wait, hold on just a minute. I think this might tie back into that flow chart, right? Here we go. I believe so. I think they're explaining this flow chart a little better now. So why don't we just switch off? We'll go through some of these. I'll start at attention. Uh, control attention. Uh, we're, so I'm reading what's the words in each box right now. There's uh, five boxes in each category. So for attention, control attention. And here it goes, uh, conspic- conspicuity. I, I think it, so. They're, it's conspicuous, but I'm probably saying it wrong. Con- conspicuity. Mm-hmm. And expectancies. Okay, so being conspicuous. The second box is the big move covers the little move. The third box is the target looks where you look. That's actually a real psychological thing, by the way. If let's say if you're in a room with a lot of other people and then you hear a a sound and then everybody looks towards the sound, 
the first person to look there will direct everybody else's attention in a certain direction. Like that's a real thing. The next box is attention drops at the perceived end. And the last one is repetition reduces vigilance. And that one is kind of scary if you think about it, because there's a lot of stuff that you see over and over and over again in the news or whether, whether it's in the news or whether it's tactics being used, like let's say in UFOs, you could say that what's going on now in the, we won't get into it because we don't have time, but they're just uh, last week or whatever. We just, uh, the New York times just dropped another big article. And in that article, they quoted Senator Harry Reid as saying that we had a crash flying saucer. I'm paraphrasing here, but according to the article, Harry Reid said that we got basically Roswell's true. We got, we got it. We got the little gray men. We got their flying machines and we got them in a storage hangar somewhere. Right. Mm-hmm. And then later on they redacted that because of, because of course, Harry Reid never said anything of the sort. So they redacted that part of the article, but the, the person who was also quoted in the article was a physicist. Um, what was his name? Uh, well, anyways, we won't get into it, but anyway, the, the tactics they're using in this article sort of echoes throughout the years. They've done this multiple times in certain prominent UFO cases. So it's not just the news media. It's also a different tactics being used, but they repeat the same thing over and over again. And repetition reduces vigilance, I think is a very alarming thing to see on this page, but I think it's also very true. And that's what they do. We were constantly bombarded with these same things over and over again. And there's a slide coming up later on that I think ties directly into this little box here that uh, we'll get to later. Hopefully I remember to, to uh, loop it back. I'll, I'll say loop it back to loop it back to this point, because I think it ties directly into this. All right. ETA, do you want to touch the uh, perception line here? Yeah. Yeah. We'll go off the next row here. This is that, that row with all the red boxes. So yeah, it says perception. The first box says mask, mimic, eliminate dash blend, and then recreate slash imitate. So I think that's, uh, you know, a lot of the same things that we were talking about earlier, how, uh, you know, you can put netting over a, a parking lot or put bushes over a anti-air gun up close. It's going to, uh, look like an anti-air gun from far away. It might not look like, like anything like it, you know? Just a little bit, a little bit of mask, a little bit of mimic might be able to do the job from a distance. You know what I mean? Um, the next box, uh, repackage, invent, forward slash invent, uh, modify old cues, create new cues. So uh, that's like a, it's probably one of those things, as far as old cues to new cues, I would think that, you know, you have to know what the old cues are and you have to, you know, how, how people react to things, how you can, uh, situations you can create to, uh, create to make people do something that you want. Um, you know, the old, the old style ain't going to necessarily work with, uh, as, as society, you know, changes along the decades, you know what I mean? So you got to make up new, new ways of getting to where you want to go to, you know what I mean? Uh, the third box here, dazzle and decoy, um, blur old cues, create alternative cues. So that's probably another, you know, uh, way to, to give yourself options as far as, uh, you know, the methods that you're using. Um, the next box, make the cue dynamic. So, yeah, I mean, with that, you're probably, whatever uh, you're using to manipulate people, to uh, affect people, um, it can't be the same thing over and over again, right? It can't be too simple. It has to be well thought out. Uh, you know, it has to be, uh, it can't be obvious for what it is on its face value. You know what I mean? So you got to be creative with uh, what you're doing. 
the last box, stimulate multiple sensors. And that reminds me of this one time when I was younger, but I won't talk about that right now. But um, <laughs> Yeah, that's a different podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, um, right now, for example, uh, what this reminds me of right now actually is uh, there's so many damn influences we have nowadays just in media alone. I mean, nowadays it's – whether people are talking about you know, like your favorite movie, your favorite you know song, or you know uh, sports coming back on. I mean, shit. Look at. I mean, we have COVID going on right now. You have a, a lot of um, you know unrest in the population. Um, whatever issue you want to talk about, you know, there, there's a bunch of a, a bunch of them that are dividing us right now. We we are being truly and well divided right now. I think. Um, yeah, we've it, never been more divided. By, by, yeah, it's. I mean. Not not in my lifetime. In, that's that's for damn in sure. In my lifetime, yeah. I was I was I, I was like, okay, wait, maybe okay, never mind. In my <laughs> lifetime, I have to put an asterisk on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, to to me, it's also kind of it's it, it worries me how fast things have progressed as well. How how fast we've gotten more and more divided, you know. And um, it's uh, to me it doesn't. I don't know. We're not, we're not heading in a very positive direction. I think there are some positive things happening, but. Not in the right areas, you know what I mean? I don't know. It's a, uh, yeah. I'll I'll get off on that tangent though. On the other hand, though, um, I'm not sure that we really are as divided as the media would have us believe. I forget what I listen to a lot of podcasts, so I'm not sure which one it was, but somebody was talking about how they'll see something on the news, and then they walk outside, and what they see outside bears zero resemblance to what they're seeing on the news. It, you know, it's it's not as chaotic and it's not as divided. When you go out about town, you go to the grocery store, whatever, people are just acting normal. You know, most people are not, you know, breaking store windows and writing in the streets and stuff. So how much yeah, of this yeah, is real sure. and how much of it is is just a manipulation? Just I don't know if they're trying to get clicks or if there's more deeper involvement on the news. But it, it's kind of a strange thing to think about, you know. Mm-hmm. But all right. Anyways, let's move on to uh, sense making. So sense making that we're talking about the blue boxes here exploit prior beliefs, present story fragments. That's an interesting one. Repetition. Mm-hmm. Also the one, the first box that, uh, um, for perception, by the way, made me do a double take was under mask mimic, eliminate slash blend. Oh. What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. I still, I'm still tripping. Be. I'm still <laughs> tripping out on that one. Okay. Back to sense making repetition creates expectancies again with the repetition Haversack ruse, the piece of bad luck. I'm not familiar with what that reference is, but I'm guessing that's a very specific anecdote or story. Mm-hmm. Swap the real for the false and vice versa. And this is something, again, the final box here, I'll, I'll riff on a little bit. So swap the real for the false and vice versa. In intelligence operations, quite often, if they're trying to, to plant information or to manipulate people, they'll, do, they'll put like 10% truth and 90% falsehoods so that some of it is true and some of it is verifiable, but most of it is not. But if mm. it was all false, then it would be a lot harder to convince people. So that, mm. that might be sort of what they're talking about here is that uh, you, you kind of confuse the senses. You know, if the, the most prominent example I know of is the, the move, the documentary with Richard Doty called Mirage men, where he talks about um, planting, evidence so there was i wish i remember this i mean it's on the tip of my tongue anyways there was a guy who was listening listening in to military communications 
and they went into his house and planted evidence and they kind of egged him on to think that it was aliens when really it was just Air Force stuff. But here's the whole trip, dude. If this guy, Richard Doty, if he really was an agent working for the government, would they let him come out and admit to all the stuff he's done? So did mm-hmm. any of this really happen at all or is it all just completely made up? It's it's a trip, man. Like, how do you verify that this guy really did work for the government? How What, am I going to call up the FBI and, you know, ask for his resume? They're not going to give me that. It, mm-hmm. it, the whole thing is just completely bizarre. This man, this slideshow, eh, it, it doesn't make me sleep good at night. All right. You want to take on yeah. the next category? Just, for just put in a, uh, just put in a, uh, a request for, uh, you know, uh, the freedom of information act request, you know? Yeah. Do a FOIA FOIA request. Are yeah. you guys really full of shit or not? Let me know. <laughs> oh, oh shit. Somebody finally asked us. Yeah. <laughs> we get, I guess we got to give a response now. Shit. It was the first guy. <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay so the next uh the next uh, uh line of boxes there um are under affect the first box is create cognitive stress oh um, shit hey <laughs> <laughs> if you have if you have a bunch of a bunch of mental stress and the next box is create physical uh, i'm sorry psychological stress um no physiological like physical I, I kinda, stress damn it why don't i just glance at stuff and assume anyways yeah yeah, you, how do you, yeah, you, how do you yeah, create right. physical stress on people? You got to go and physically put the pain on them, dude. That is crazy to see that on here. How are they going to yeah. physically stress people? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, people who are working under stress, I mean, you're not going to think straight. You know what I mean? You're not going to be making yeah. the most sound decisions. You know what I mean? And you're also not going to be paying attention to, attention to the whole picture. That's for sure. Whether you know the whole picture or not, you know. But yeah, it's a, uh, all right. So the next box, create effective stress. And then it has a, in parentheses, it has a plus forward slash minus. I'm not quite sure what that plus versus minus uh, means, but I have, a, I have a theory on that. So I took, um, I took a basic psych 101 psychology introduction class in college before. And mm-hmm. in that class, they said that, uh, stress has a similar effect on your system. So there's good stress and there's bad stress. So if you get mm-hmm. a promotion mm-hmm. at work and you double okay. your salary, that's going to cause good stress. But if something bad happens, like you get fired, that all that causes bad stress. But according to what I learned in that class, the stress has a similar effect on you physiologically either way. It just cognitively, you'll be excited about one and sad about the other. Mm-hmm. But the end result ends up being more or less the same. So too much positive stress can have a similar effect as too much negative stress, apparently. Okay. So. To me, this might mean plus minus that it doesn't matter what kind of stress you're creating, good stress or bad stress, just get in the, get under their skin and cause that stress. And that'll have a a result either way. So if you have a person who's really pessimistic, then maybe it's easier to cause, cause negative stress to that person because they'll grab Mm -hmm. onto it more versus a person who is more optimistic. That person might be easier to cause positive stress on them by giving them stuff that they want to hear or whatever. But uh, anyway, so, sorry to to take away from your line here, but that's kind of how I interpret that plus minus. No, yeah, yeah, no, that, that makes perfect sense. Um, so uh, don't don't pull away too fast here. Now that's what she said. Um, do yeah. you know how to pronounce <laughs> that next word right there? It, it looks Italian. Cialdini. Cialdini. Cialdini plus two, huh? What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> I I don't. Is that the uh, Italian version of Cialis or something? I guess. I mean, do you need two of them? I guess. I don't know. Plus two. I, I have I mean, I, I'm just going to draw a blank on that one. I, ha, I I do not know what that means. 
<laughs> you know, it's, yeah, it's that, uh, I don't, I, we'll just go ahead and skip it. We'll pretend like that didn't happen. All right. So the next box, yeah. last one there on this row says exploit shared effect. So, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it, the, the effect that you have, uh, the, the stress and stuff, you know, has had on people, you're going to exploit that. Right. I mean, All it's, right. It's, so I just, I just Googled it. Cause I was curious. So, oh. um, the first result is the six principles of persuasion by Dr. Robert Cialdini. Oh boy. Oh, okay. <laughs> and those, so those are, oh dude, this is all right. This is kind of, this is kind of crazy. I'm, I'm a little, uh, a little worried about this here. So reciprocity. And for those of you who are not, uh, you know, you're not lifting your dictionaries like me when, when you're working out that reciprocity means the expectation of return. So if I give you a gift for Christmas, I expect you to give me one in return. That's reciprocity. Or okay. if, uh, for maybe a different, different culture for like, let's say Japanese culture, if I bow to you, I expect you to bow back to me. It's a sign of respect or whatever. Yeah. Uh, you're, bad well, example, uh, maybe. Yeah. You're expecting I don't know. the person to recipro but reciprocate. Exactly. Yeah. The next one is scarcity. So that's the idea of, you know, if you make something scarce, people want it more. I'm guessing there's authority, consistency, liking, and consensus. So uh, yeah, yeah, we won't, we won't go over all of those in detail, but just to give you just to whet your appetite for what that could possibly mean. But what does that mean? Plus two? I don't know. It's kind of scary though. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's, let's look at the last line here real quick. Uh, behavior simulate the action. Whoa. What you mean? Like, uh, like those crisis actors, is that what they're talking about? I don't know. Simulate the outcome. All right. Hmm. That's also a little weird. Time shift perceived behavior. I got no clue what that means. Any clue what that might mean? ETA time shift perceived behavior. I don't know how you act on your, uh, your work shift. I don't know. <laughs> I, yeah. That's, does it have something to do with the time change? Spring forward, fall back. I don't know. Now the, this next one is, uh, again, another something that kind of catches my attention and kind of makes me a little worried. Divorce behavior from outcome. And that's kind of scary because what are we talking about here? We're talking about, okay, so you can commit crimes and that no longer has a specific outcome. It just, it doesn't matter. Or does that mean, I don't know. What does that mean? It's, you could interpret that well, in a lot of ways, a lot of them not good. The best way to find, uh, you know, um, the perpetrator of a crime is, is through motive. That's for sure. If you divorce your behavior from an outcome, then potentially people won't be able to connect motive, you know, to know that you were the one that, yeah. that, that made that outcome possible. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm just, yeah, or, I'm searching the weeds here for it, but, you know. Or perhaps... Uh, behavior being, let's say, in public or on the internet, since all of this we're talking about basically online oper operations. Mm -hmm. um, so the you, in other words, you could go on some forum and say some really offensive stuff, but that doesn't necessarily have to lead to a specific outcome. So maybe that's playing on our expectations or retraining us to have new expectations by having a certain behavior lead to a different outcome that we don't expect. I don't know. Maybe I'm grasping at straws here. This one is just kind of weird though. And then the mm -hmm. last box is channel behavior, uh, channel C H A N N E L meaning lead it in a certain direction. So you're directing behavior. So mm -hmm. if you go on Twitter and you have a million followers and you say, you know, I hate, I hate in and out. Let's go smash all the in and outs. I guess that could be an example of channeling behavior. I don't know. I love mm -hmm. in and out. Don't go smash the in and outs by the way, guys, it's a good, good version. And that's good. 
mean, yeah. Good. Well, so a lot of little side tangent here. A lot of people, I live in California. A lot of people come to California and they go in and out. Uh, everybody's ran and raving. I went, it's okay. What, what's the big deal? So the big deal is you're comparing in and out. It's a fast food joint. The cost is about the same as McDonald's and Burger King. So if you're comparing it to a sit down restaurant where they have really good quality food by comparison, it takes the chefs, you know, a bunch of time to make your stuff, to order, whatever. It's apples and oranges. But if you're comparing in and out to McDonald's, then yeah, it's pretty good compared to McDonald's. In my opinion, yeah, I, I'm not, sure. I'm not knocking McDonald's. I'm just saying in and out's pretty good mm-hmm. compared to McDonald's. No, I, I would agree with that. And I do like the simplicity to the menu. You know, there's not a bunch of, of shit to choose from. You just, you pretty much, you always, I mean, at least anytime I have ever gone there, I know exactly what I want already, you know? Yeah. And, and, and yes, but I, you know what, dude? Yes, I, yes, I do get the Neapolitan shake. They, you know what, though, dude? They need jalapenos, okay? Because I want jalapenos on my oh, burger. Is dude, is this yeah, weird? Hey. I've actually brought my own jar of jalapenos to In-N-Out before. <laughs> <laughs> and put them on my burgers. Yeah. <laughs> Is that weird? Yeah, I, that's, you know, I, that's right. I don't think I ever have had jalapeno. That jalapenos would be awesome on their fries and stuff, like the monster, the monster fries. That's what I'm talking about. Shit, even just a, a little bit of jalapeno juice squirted on that some bitch. It'd be amazing. They do have like like uh, a pepperoncinis or some, you know, some weak sauce pepper that oh, yeah, they're yeah. all right. They, they just don't taste like much though. But jalapenos, man, that's where the flavor's at. All right, mm-hmm. uh, tangent over, I guess. So let's let's move on. Oh my god, we're only on slide number twenty-five. <laughs> ah, shit, this might end up being a four-parter. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know, right? All right, hey, I'm fine so with it. Whatever. Slide, yeah, it's yeah, this is. I'm fascinated by the slideshow, so I don't mind either. Slide number twenty-five. It's a picture. Now I don't know what. It's kind of weird because it looks kind of like Middle Eastern people, like Muslims in their traditional garb, that completely covered from head to foot. Yeah, it looks but like a bunch of ladies again, in, in black burkas, right? Yeah, or he, it, hijab. I'm sorry, hijabs, right? Yeah. Did I say burka? I th- yeah, I think that's what it is. Okay. <laughs> the, yeah, isn't that a jacket? I don't know. But yeah. I've never seen uh, people dress like this before. And I've been to uh, I've been to uh, Indonesia, which is a Muslim country. I've seen Muslims, you know, out in the wild at the grocery store or whatever or whatever. You know, they're, they're part of the community and I've never seen them dress like this. It, they look, it almost looks like they're wearing like mosquito nets on their face or something. I, this, this is probably some very specific type of something. And I assume it's Muslims, but maybe that's the point. Maybe these are all like bee, bee tamers or whatever, you know, they're raising bees and this is what they wear to go collect their bees and they're having a parade, but we think mm-hmm. it's Muslims because that's what we're trained to think. I have no idea. This is kind of a weird one. What do you what do you make of this one, ETA? Yeah, I mean, at first glance, I'm assuming that these are hijabs and that they, these are all female. But like, I, I can't necessarily tell if they're all female or not. You know, I mean, I've been looking uh, too close. But yeah, it's, it's kind of it's. it's kind of, I'm not, I'm not familiar with with all the different styles of hijabs and, and you know the different uh, garb that that the Muslim world wears but that's the first thing that i assumed it looks like a middle a middle eastern uh city that they're in because of the buildings behind them as well i don't see any breastuses on there like they all look flat chested like i don't know it's weird i, I see a couple of them maybe there might be some lovely yeah. lady lumps down there but yeah i'm not so sure they don't necessarily look female but right. i mean everybody's fully covered you can't even really see their face that the person one of the one of the people that are closer to you in the picture 
you can kind of see the outline of the face, the nose, the mouth, but uh, the eyes, but I, I can't tell if it's a female or not. It it looks the face looks kind of kind of male to me, but it's really hard to tell. Yeah, you know? uh, yeah, it could be either or. That's for sure. Um, and right. then the, the the reason why I'm questioning whether these are males and females, I'm sure the reason why both of us are is because of the the, the slideshow that we're watching. You know what I mean? Right. It's the art art of deception. So, yeah, that's that's the fir- one of the first things I thought of was you know obviously first thing I thought okay well females and hijabs. And then I was like, well, are these really? I don't know. I mean, that maybe that's what they're referencing because I, I can't think what necessarily what else that they're referencing, you know? Yeah. It's, yeah, it's just kind of weird. Like what, I, again, I, I'll say again, I wish we could hear the audio presentation that went along with this. Cause what, what the heck It's just a picture. There's no title, nothing. It's just a picture on this slide. What mm-hmm. does it mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. All right, let's move on to the next slide, slide number 26. This one's pretty simple. It's got that OCAA logo again that we talked about last time. Yeah. Online Covert Action Accreditation, which I definitely want to go get my accreditation for this stuff, I guess, <laughs> whatever. Strand 2, course 2. Strand 2. Yeah. So this is Strand 2, Influence and Information Operations. Now, Strand, is that one of those weird British... I have to Google this real quick. So like in England, we talked about this last time in England, like for example... They, if they say flammable, they actually say inflammable. So over there, inflammable means stuff catches on fire. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Here it's the opposite. So maybe strand. I don't know what that means. Maybe that's like a specific English word. Let's check it out. S T R A N D into the old Google machine. Strand. Drive or leave. Oh well, that's like strand, like stranded. Noun. The mm. shore of a sea, lake, or large river. So I'm not really sure how that makes sense in the context of this, but whatever. That's all there is on that particular slideshow. If you know what strand means, then hit us up. All right. Next slide, number 27. Uh, you want to want to talk us through this one, ETA? Yeah, yeah. So this one is the 10 Principles for Influence. And it um, has a, a bunch of different uh, things jumbled around here on the page. Uh, so the first one at the top, we'll just start from the top and go clockwise here. It says, The Time Principle. Um, the next one to the right says the need and greed principle. Um, all these different ideas are, are, I mean, obviously people have their own, it's said that most people have their own perception of time, right? Um, everybody's kind of working on their own timeline and, uh, the need and greed principle. I mean, I mean that, you know, people always, you know, whatever, you know, they're talking about, like say, say somebody goes to the store, for example, you know, or they're just thinking about things that they would like to have. Do they need it or do they, uh, want it you know what i mean do you need something or are you just being greedy for something so i mean and well, those are also maybe, two different two different ideals that you could work off of with people's uh you know w- with their mental faculty there you know maybe the time principle so there there's a technique you can use in conversation which so i'm a big nerd like i read about stuff like how are people charismatic what do they do and like you know or how does comedy work or whatever you know in comedy if there's a stand-up they'll do a callback so they'll mention something early in the act and then later on, they'll make another joke about that same topic and, and they do it in a lot of different ways, but mm-hmm. there's something you can do similar in conversation where you'll, you'll talk about a topic and then you'll interrupt that topic with something else. And then you'll go back to it later on. And it causes this effect where it seems like you've been talking a lot longer than you have. And that's sort mm-hmm. of, that's sort of a mm-hmm. conversation technique you can use. Um, maybe they're talking about more stuff like that. I, it's how can you influence? What is it? That's what I mean. We need the audio portion of this like how does that how's that a principle for influence you know what i mean it's really weird sorry okay sorry to interrupt i just had an idea for that one oh no it's okay 
Um, okay, so let's uh, uh, right under the, the need and greed principle, there's the social compliance slash authority prince, uh, principle. Um, so, I mean, that's that's a big one right there because there's a lot of decisions that people make um, when they're, they feel that they're, you know, they have to make this decision that's socially acceptable. You know what I mean? Um, they're worried about, you know, backlash from, from other people, you know, uh, not being accepted because of their, maybe their ideals even, you know, um, they have to kind of, uh, you know, go along with the herd, you know? Oh, actually, now that I looked, it looks like there's one on the far left that says the herd principle. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. A lot, a lot of these are, are very closely related, I think. Um, the, under the, uh, the social compliance authority principle, there's the distraction principle. I mean, that, that one's pretty straightforward. I think yeah, there, there's a lot of, you know, bait and switch type, uh, maneuvers people can make. And, and I mean, distraction is, is one of the oldest tricks in the book, even, especially in war, you know what I mean? Um, it's, 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 uh, an invaluable tool probably for them. I'm sure, you know? Um, under that flattery, well, flattery can, can work just as well as distraction. You know, I mean, that could be a distraction as well. You know, that can also, um, mask what's really going on. If somebody's, uh, under the veil of, of, um, pride, if somebody just flattered, you know, somebody say, say, you know, for instance, um, let's just say, you know, a pretty female gets walked up on and hit on by, by a, a very good looking young man, right? Say she's very attracted to this person. He tells her, oh, you're the most beautiful woman I've ever seen in my life. Whatever line that he lays on her. And she's very flattered by it. Well, she's only going to be paying attention to that that guy uh, and what he's saying and doing. Well, th- th- you're gonna you're gonna have uh, blinders on. You know what I mean? You're gonna have tunnel vision in a situation like yeah. that. Yeah. Right. And I think flattery can be used in other ways as well. So if you're talking to somebody and you want to manipulate them to go to a certain direction, like let's say you meet in person, you go down to Starbucks and you meet a social influencer because you know that's where he hangs out. And you'll be like, oh, you're that guy. I really like what you said here. That was so smart or whatever. So you flatter this guy or gal. And by flattering them, you're you're making them think that what they're saying is important. And you're encouraging them to keep doing it, whatever they're doing. That's more powerful than just going up to them and saying, you should keep doing this. If you instead, if you flatter them, that's going to be way more motivating to, to herd them in a certain direction. Oh, absolutely. Flattery can also... Um instill trust upon people as well. You know, it, yeah. it, it can, it makes you very friendly, very, very charming. You know what I mean? It's, it's flattery is probably as far as somebody trying to be a charming individual, a flatter is probably one of the more important tools that you have in your arsenal. You know what I mean? And that, and right. that can disarm, that can disarm people that may, may otherwise be, you know, maybe even just in conversation uh, on their heel, uh, on their back heels when they're talking to you, maybe, you know, as far as trust goes or, or what have you, you know? Yeah. So, okay, so on to, uh, from flattery, there's um, the consistency principle. Uh, I mean, we, we've touched on this before as well, um, early in the slide, consistency. Um, one of those things where like, all right, so you've heard the old saying, if you tell a lie enough times, it becomes a truth. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or if you present uh, something to, to be fact, you know, I guess that's just, I just said the same thing twice or was about to, whatever, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, it's, 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 I think it's kind of uh, straightforward. The more consistent you are, the, the less uh, people are going to notice what you're doing, I think. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. when we're talking about the slideshow. But, um, all right, so under consistency there, the, um, re- Edit. <laughs> Reci- reciprocity. Reci- reciprocity. Yeah, I almost said uh, re- reciprocity. <laughs> Wait, no, reciprocity. Yes, sir. Uh, uh, Agent Anderson, what does that mean? 
I know some big words like this because uh, I'm a I'm a huge nerd. I don't just say that to say it. Like I actually am. Like um, sometimes when I read stories, if I see a word I don't know or a word used in an unusual mm-hmm. way, then I'll actually look that word up in the dictionary. I used to have like an actual paper dictionary I'd look stuff up in. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's you know I'm old school, I guess. But I would just sit there. Like I I get I enjoy that. I just enjoy. I'm I'm a big nerd, man. That's no 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 joke dude i really am and that's how i know what reciprocity means because i don't know what that means unless i looked it up that's not nobody uses that word that's not like an everyday word but yeah we we talked about that earlier where is it if i if i oh, compliment right. you yeah, yeah. then then you're going to compliment me back that's just the polite thing to do and it's baked into our culture that you know we we have this reciprocity mm-hmm. it's just sort of expected in a lot that's of time right. in a lot of situations yeah, i bring forward yeah. that one I'll tell you what so above that you have a. Uh, the herd principle, which we had mentioned earlier, um, herd mentality, man. I mean, it's, it's, I remember there's uh, some great philosopher that said, you know, the, the individual human is very intelligent. Um, a group of people are, are extremely dumb. I know that's not how they said it, but that was pretty much the gist of it. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So, I mean, it's, um, no, no, but I'm, uh, no, uh, but I'm saying, yeah. Oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> Um, but yeah. I mean, yeah, I've experienced it before and I think that there's some, some of that that we're seeing across uh, our country right now, well, across the world really. But I mean, um, the herd mentality is a powerful damn thing, man. I mean, it's, it's hard to stop a large group of people that have a uh, one thing in mind or, you know, have a certain op- opinion of, of whatever, you know, um, herd mentality is, is, is super strong to derail once it's, um, headed in, in one direction. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're, uh, we're bumping up on an hour here. We're actually a little over. So let's do the next two slides, which tie into each other somehow. I don't know. And then we'll, we'll call it quits and we'll do a part three. And probably the part three will be, will be the last part. But so the, we're looking at slides number 28 and slides number 29. And this one, honestly, I do not know what to make of these slides. So slide number 28. Well, I can tell you one thing. I, I, I personally prefer Pepsi. But my, my favorite is is um, uh, Crown Cola, what, Royal Crown Cola? Cola. Jolt. No, not Jolt. Not Jolt. Jolt Cola. Mountain Dew, brah. I like I like Diet Right. That's just you know that's kind of my speed. Uh, you filthy <laughs> son but, of a bitch. All right. <laughs> so <laughs> slide number twenty eight is it's just the Coca Cola logo. That's all it is. Just straight up the Coca Cola mm-hmm. logo, right? But slide number twenty nine, it's the Coca Cola logo. But it's in Hebrew and I know it's in Hebrew. I don't speak Hebrew, but I know somebody who does. And I asked them and they said, this is Hebrew. So if this isn't Hebrew, blame that person because they told me it was. <laughs> but anyways, the the difference in the slides is the the one in English is like a circular logo and the one in Hebrew is a rectangle. Other than that, it's pretty, it's the same logo, just different languages. And, but why is this in, why do they put these two logos back to back in this slideshow, what does that mean? I have no idea. Any any theories on this one, ETA? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like what, what? What the heck does this mean? Why? I, I, know, I know that. Why did? Why? I know that uh, supposedly in the Coca Cola uh, label, there there's supposed to be um, three sixes. Okay, where where do you see I, that? I, I'm just saying they're supposed to be. <laughs> no, but like that's that that stuff. There is hidden stuff in logos. Like that's a real thing. Like yeah, yeah. My favorite true. logo, yeah. which this is gonna sound this is gonna sound super ner- nerdy, but look at the the logo for Boeing. You know, like the airplane manufacturer. Okay. 
So Google that real quick. Just look look it up. All right, let me see here. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's right. Um O E I I remember I remember hearing about this. Go. So if you look at the Boeing logo, it looks like a circle with a couple of like lines, like a lines through the circle. Yeah. But if you look at the it it spells Boeing. It's so that's that curved slash with the thing coming out the right is the B, then O, then I, and then you can look at that curved slash that makes the B could also be an N. You know, like if you look at it, all the letters are there if you're willing to interpret them that mm-hmm. way. So you have a circle and two slashes and it spells the entire name Boeing. It's, I don't know, it's a really creative design, but the point is, is that a lot of logos look simple, but they have a lot of information encoded in that logo. So I was kind of curious, where do you see the sixes in there? Because I think it's possible. I never heard that before that there's sixes in the Coca-Cola logo. So I'm curious to know where, where you would see oh, that. The, the mark of the beast is everywhere, bro. You didn't know that? Uh, well, I, I mean, yeah, but I didn't know this specific I'm just case. Saying, well, I'm just saying it's all, you know, you know what I mean? <laughs> I, see, I I'm just fucking with you. Are you, are you making that up entirely? Yeah. <laughs> here I am, here I am, I'm, I'm sitting here looking for the sixes. I'm like, where are they? I don't see them. <laughs> I mean, I, to, to be honest, I, I wouldn't necessarily be surprised if somebody's, uh, yeah. you know, done. I, I can see. All right. So, so maybe where I could see the three sixes would be, all right. So in Cola, um, the bottom right there, the C could, the C could be a six. Um, yeah. When you come up to the top of the C, that loop. Up to the uh, mm-hmm. up to the right, how that loop goes through the L, that loop right yep. there could be a six on its side, and then the yeah, L itself yeah. could be a up down uh, upside down six. Oh, you're so there's dude, your oh shit. There's your three sixes those, right there. Those are three sixes. Hot damn! All right, there's three sixes. Hey, you heard it here first, man. Hey, it turns out I was right. Hot damn! Yeah. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> hey, it clocks right twice a day or whatever. You know, broken clock or oh, whatever. Oh, it feels good to be right. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and then if you look at the one in Hebrew, there's sixes all over the place, I guess. I don't know. I mean, kind of I, I backward mean, sixes and that one looks, yeah, that one. Yeah. Backwards. Yeah. I guess you could say, well, and it has that Coca-Cola, yeah. the regular Coca-Cola logo right there on the bottom right of it. So why, why there are two slides of Coca-Cola in two different languages on this slideshow about internet deception is completely beyond me. I just, I can't figure that one out, but, uh, yeah, it's yeah. Gotta mean all right. But, it's obviously it's something, but what, what the hell could it mean? I don't know. It's weird. This is like, this is one of the weirdest damn combinations of slides in this whole thing. Cause it's just so like Coca. Why, why a Coca-Cola logo? Uh, I don't know. I already said that, but <laughs> all right. All right. Anyways, you want to, you want to wrap this up here? Yeah. Yeah. Let's uh, wrap up this episode here. We'll pick it back up on the next, uh, next one and, and continue on down the line. All right. Well, thanks for listening. You can follow the show on Twitter at AlienConPod. We also have an email address, AlienConPod at ProtonMail.com. We would love to hear from you. And if you enjoy the show, you can really help us out by subscribing and leaving a good review wherever you listen to podcasts.